Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is already Friday, Questions Friday. It is the 21st of June, 2019. It's also the first day of summer. It's like drizzling here and cool, but it's the first day of summer. And once it gets hot, it's going to stay hot. I don't know if it reached where you're at yet, but it's getting there. And today I have this question. It seems to come up a lot. So I know that there is confusion when it comes to this. And it's Christopher Sedray's question, and most of the confusion I feel actually comes from his comments and and what he says about the soul. For some reason, it just sounds very confusing to me over and over again every single time I read. The soul is the body. The soul is not the body. The soul is the physical body. The soul is not the physical body. It's It's just, I don't know where we could prove what, but I can tell you what Christ tells me about that. So he says, hello, Nadia. In Origins of Truth, I understand God made a physical world and the physical body as tools to hold souls and spirits in it. The soul is not the physical body. We are souls. Souls are a part of God. The physical world is not a part of God. Souls don't belong to the physical world. Souls belong out there in the spirit world. If the soul is not the body and the physical world is not a part of God, where does the physical come from? It is, it's not this ambiguous in origins of truth. Thank you, Christopher. The reason the soul isn't, when you're here, We're living here. We're in a body. We can talk. We can walk. We can work. We can go out. We can see. We have a sun. We have a moon. We can see planets. We can see past. We can't see past the bigness of our world, past the planets, past any of that. We definitely are veiled from home. We can't see what exists at home while we are here. But when we are done, and the reason why the soul is actually not the physical body is not because when we're here, we're not in a body. It's because when we leave, we leave it behind. It doesn't go with us. If you have a house in New York and you die or pass, you don't take the house with you. It's not that it's the body isn't of God or the house isn't through our free will building that kind of a house or this kind of a structure because even us here on earth change throughout history. We can identify through movies what period of time they're talking about because we're only doing as much as the souls knew. But once we stop doing it, it is gone.
So the soul is in the body. The body cannot work without the soul. It can't work. The minute the soul leaves the body, the body stays here. It doesn't go anywhere. There's been so many ways to describe it. People say it's just our cape. We unzip our cape. You know, we're here. Some people tell me they're aliens and whatever you want to call it. We're a soul. Our soul goes everywhere. Our body does not. We cannot pick up our body and break through and go home with it. When we pass, our soul leaves our body and then can go home. I actually saw that with my mom when she passed. I couldn't believe it. And when I turned around, I looked at my mom. It didn't look like my mom, the mom I know, completely. The soul is the most powerful energy on this earth. Through our souls, we are here. We assess. We see what we've got. We look at the tools we have. We start to think about how to create with the stuff we have. Some of us come, we do research, we start looking around. Hey, how could we, let's find out more about this. What is this thing about molecules and about atoms and about, you know, we start coming up with discovery and research and growth. And the more we know and the more we learn and the more we uncover, we can do. So the soul is in the body. It's the only way, excuse me, the body's going to work. But the soul leaves the body at some point. The physical world is not that it's not a part of God. We are all a part of God. And we come here and we're creating. But the reason, it's not that God is not a part of the world, because God is not a mystery to that level. God is part of us. But everything that's here, it stays here. There's nothing we take with us except us. We can't even gather our children when we die and take them with us. We have to leave everything that's here, here. And the only things we will see when we get back home are the souls that come back home. Someone in our family passes, we will see them. Deciding what's part of God and what isn't can go on 
forever. It's tiring. It used to fascinate me because I saw God in everything. Sun will always be there. It's part of the outer world. But Earth is like, imagine if you literally went to a school and in that school there were a ton of rooms. And you did this in this room. You played music in that room. There were plays in that room. There was making clothing in another room. There was cooking in another room. There was all that stuff. And then you walked out of that school and you just never went back there again. And everything that was there is always in that school. It's growing. People are finding better ways to do things, but you you leave it. When I went home, when I saw what we are pretty much bailed from, there's things that did exist there that were here, but they're the things that grow here and that that live here. Like I, I did see like plant-like flower type things. I did see that and I saw very intense colors with it. I saw a lot of white. Some people had gone back and seen buildings um, and, and people who've been on earth that wanted certain things while they were here, they, they mentally recreate it, which creates it, but it's, it's just for them. It's not like I would go there and we don't need houses. We don't need bodies. We don't need food, unfortunately. I really was upset about that one because our souls, is not in a body when we go. And the way, like here, we can only be in one place at one time. We can't be in two places at one time because of our body. We have to eat and feed the body or it's not going to work. We're going to starve. We're going to lose weight and, and we could die if we starve long enough. We don't need bathrooms or toilets because we don't have a body so we have no maintenance issues so the body stays so when when they're saying the soul is not the body it's not to invalidate the existence of a body by any means it's just to say that this is what you've got here But you only need the body while you're here. You don't need it when you leave. So the body stays. The biggest revelation of that is when somebody kills somebody. They think they've killed them. They didn't kill them. They killed their body. The soul will leave. And most of the time, the person will not even know while it's happening what happened. Our adrenaline kicks in. Things happen very fast. You hear all the time people who've survived attacks. I didn't even know I was shot. I felt something. 
I didn't know that they had done that, whatever it was, right away. Until they realize, oh, my God, I'm bleeding. Oh, my God, this. And they go into, they have adrenaline, which kicks in, and they start doing things that normally they don't have the strength to do. But I'm, I'm, you know, hearing these things. Sometimes I hear we're not souls. And then I hear, well, we are souls, but then we do this. And then I hear, you know, different versions of whether or not we're souls. We are souls. I don't know if that's what Christ calls us, whatever it is. But whatever this energy is that comes into us, Our energy, it's, I'm the energy of Nadia, you can call it that, or the soul of Nadia, and you're the soul of Christopher, and the other one's the soul of Francis, and we have different souls, and we interact, and we have different gifts, and we do different things, because if we came here and all did the same thing, there's no point in us coming here. At this point, at this time in our history, we have this huge line in the sand between really angry people who've been neglected and we have really happy people who found that they can do this. And sometimes the angry people want to hurt other people because they can't feel what they feel. And we deal with that all the time. We hurt other people to take their possessions. We go to other countries to take their whatever we want from them. And we create reasons for it, to hate each other. And we create all that stays. None of that goes. It's all just part of this schooling that we came here to do, to learn, to evolve, whatever term we slap on it. They were just learning. So when I hear these things about, gosh, they had to exasperate their anger this way. And, you know, they went into a public place and did all these things. And they just want to know, let the world know how angry they are. And they know they're not going to come out alive, most likely, themselves. But they want to be remembered, known for something because they have been ignored. We are meant to be, to work, to feel, to grow together. And when we don't, we start to feel like we are short-circuiting. We have learned, some of us, to put pressure on other people to get what we want from them. For the most part, just by what we see in our country, most people don't make enough money to take care of what they need, even when they are working a full-time job. A lot of young people can't afford to have children in the bigger cities. So a lot is changing even now. But 10 years from now, what I'm telling you now may not mean anything to somebody who was born now and is 10 years old or 15 years old at that time. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? 
that doesn't happen anymore. Because this is all just what it needs to be for us to learn what we need to learn. That's why I say over and over and over again that the one thing we all have in common is that we are on earth at the same time. When I go anywhere public and I just sit and I'm, I love to people watch. And when I do that and I get to do that, I could feel these people. I say, oh, wow. This is what's going on here. And this is what's going on there. I don't even know them. I can't even tell them. I'm still fascinated. Because since I saw Christ, what I see before I see the body and what it's wearing and what it's doing is I see their souls. And I love their souls. I love souls. So what they wear, who they are, where they're from, eh, doesn't save me one way or the other. They're like extremely, extremely famous or they're not. A soul is a soul is a soul. But I, I don't create a mystique around all that thinking about physical world, spiritual world. We're spirits, we're souls, where we move. But the minute you take that soul out, the body's not going to move. Unless somebody picks it up and brings it to another location. It's not going to walk, it's not going to talk. That's why this conversation that goes on, because I think it was you that wrote, we will, we are not souls. And I thought, well, I'm gonna, okay, but what are we? What do you want to call it? Because it, it would just like confuse me. Well, the, what, are, what have we been talking about all this time? But I really am happy that you wrote this question because it's not that the souls belong out there in the spiritual world. No, when we die, our souls go back home. As much as this feels like home for all of us, we all know we're going to leave. We all know, every single one of us knows that nobody has stayed on earth from the beginning of time till now. We don't know anyone that's 500 years old, nor do we know anyone that's 200 years old. And somebody may show me in a book, well, you know, people used to live to 400 years. But why is that not common knowledge? Why do we not know that? And even if they did, there had to have been a reason for it. I can't dispute it. I wasn't here. I didn't see it. I don't know. But I can tell you what I do know. When we say the physical world is not a part of God, it's just that we don't take it with us. Doesn't? It's not like, well, that's not a part of God. We don't care about it. And this is a part of God and we do care about it. This is where we came to learn. We shouldn't be scared of God and put God in a separate place than we are shouldn't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't pay 
attention to God today and God is not going to love me. Or I didn't put God first. Because a lot of times, even when we say that, we are conscious of God. Sometimes it's not easy to be conscious of every single thing, every single day of every single moment. Because we do have a task at hand here, and that is to learn. And to grow. Another fascinating part of being a human being is that we all have a body, right? We, we walk, we talk, we have legs, we have arms, we have a face, eyes, nose, mouth, ears, hair, head, have it all. Not one of us can open our body and see what's inside and then zip it back up. We can't see our heart, our organs. We have to go to people who study those things to tell us what's there. We have to read books to see how our muscles look and how our bones look underneath that and that we have veins and that we have all this entire system that makes this body work while we are here. And through free will, we have to write the decision to make it the way we want it. We can feed it well. We can feed it junk. We can make it tired. We can make it not tired. We can make it work out. We can make it sit all day. We decide all day long what we are going to do with this body we have. If the soul is not the body, which is your question, and the physical world is not a part of God, where does the physical come from? While we are here, what we see is physical. It's physical. There's people who can make spoons bend, and there's people who can do things that I can't do to show us the power of our mind, and we may learn that in another hundred years. That may be normal to us. But today, for what we know and why we know it and how we know it, at this time, we have a chair, we sit in it, it's a physical chair. We have a table, we sit and we write on it. We watch a television that shows us other people doing other things and stories. People who play music, physical instruments. And then, you know, there's always the conversations about perception. Well, you were only perceiving that. Well, that's how you saw it. And it makes for interesting conversations. But all that means is think about it as what we leave behind. All that stays. You know, when they say those things, figured it out a long time ago, and they would say things like, well, you know, you can't take your money with you. And as people, we found ways to get every penny we can out of each other before they go. If you have funeral expenses, are you going to leave your family with funeral expenses? Are you going to do this? And, And now you're paying for your own funeral before you leave. There's a price to pay for getting gold. Do you have crepey skin? Do you have this? Do you have that? 
And then Liam asks, I have a question. Is there a spiritual significance to the summer solstice? Other than it's the longest day of the year and then it gets shorter from there. Um, a spiritual significance. We are spirits. We are significant. But I know what you're asking. Um, and I don't know if there is. I know that there's a lot of schooling on retrograde and all these different positionings of the moon and all these different, and I don't, I don't know about those things. I read about them at times, but then I thought, wow, that's like telling me I should be happy now because we're not in retrograde or in retrograde or, you know, I should be happy now because of this. But I don't, for some reason, that kind of stuff, it just comes and goes in my mind. I read it and I'm like, oh, and it's not that it's good or bad. I just, I'm not, oh, how could I, I'm not spiritual. I delved into the spiritual world and I realized I didn't know anything. There's a whole world out there that studies, you know, all these different things. There's people who read cards. There's people who, um, you know, know stuff like every single day, why, why they're significant. I don't know any of that. And, and I'm not attracted to it. And I don't know why. Just totally not attracted. But I do get your question, and I, I don't know if there is a significance other than the fact that it is the longest day of the year, and then it starts to get shorter from here on in, at least until it gets longer again, and if it comes the longest day of the year as well. But the sole issue is, I hope I answered it, Christopher, because I know that you ask it a lot, you say it a lot, you put it on the page, you take it off the page. We've gone around the block to cross the street with it. We've never really understood each other on it. But whatever we don't take with us, it's not that it isn't of God or it is. It's not that. It's just that the soul is the only thing that goes back. You can't even grab your purse that stays, your wallet. You can't. It doesn't go. There's another comment by Frances. She said, Liam Solstice is a part of the physical world. If it has significance, it is only because we put that significance there. It probably is the truth. And if you Google it, you will find it. There's a lot of things like that, that I hear that I Google and I say, what's really going on? You know, like, what is everybody so fascinated about? And then I find out and I go, oh, and then it just like becomes a factoid in my head and I go on, but I don't say, oh, I'm going to wait until, you know, Valentine's day to feel love, or I'm not going to wait until my birthday to feel excited that things can change or I don't put that kind of significance on a day to change things because I know that it's us, our hearts, our minds that do that. Whatever changes we want to make starts with us. And we only really need to do that here. We only need to do that here. I mean, think about it. When you leave, 
and I'd had to deal with both my parents leaving their wallets, their jewelry, their stuff, all was here. And it was our job to take it and put it away. And Liam, if you heard anything about the summer solstice, tell me, because I think it'd be just interesting to know, because I love learning. I want to know what's going on. Some stuff sticks with us. Some stuff, we're like, oh, wow, that was cool. And we just kind of go on. I hope I answered that, Christopher. Also, um, Chris Kip Woods, hi, Nadia. I seen in a great detail before I woke up this morning the face of a female angel and the words angel of light. I had the feeling that the angel was my mother. Can you tell me what it means, please? It really just brings about love. If it was or you felt it was your mom, it probably was. And it was love, just giving you love. And then I have Liam saying, well, there's a spiritual significance to the number 11. Do you put significance into the number? I personally think there's a spiritual significance. It is the highest energy day in the calendar year. Oh, I didn't know that. That's actually very interesting to know. And also, I love the number 11 because Christ told me why why that number every 11th second, every 11th minute, every we touch base with home. But it's like when I see it, I'm like, oh, and I, I love it, but I, I can't, I don't base my life around it because I don't know how to do that. I just kind of accept that it's really cool that there's a reason that number has a significance. But what else can I do with that except enjoy it when the coincidences or they're not coincidences, but when the moments come and that happens. But I hope I've answered you guys' questions. We've got five seconds. I will see you on Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.